0: You're listening to Life in the A Zone podcast. I'm Peggy Sweeney McDonald, and these are my stories of moving back to my hometown in Louisiana after 36 years to live with my father and mother when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. These lessons of love, laughter, life and loss are gifts of living in the A Zone, and I'm honored to share them with you. If this is your first time here, Begin the journey with episode one and go forward. Thank you for joining me today. Do you want to go see the pandas at the National Zoo during lunch? It's always been on my bucket list to see them, my sister Shannon asked me, as we grabbed a coffee and a muffin from the back of a large meeting room before sitting down for a three-hour workshop. We both serve as alum advisors for our sorority, and we were attending the National Convention in Washington, D.C. with the sorority girls from LSU. It had been four long days of meetings and banquets. We definitely needed some fresh air. A walk to the National Zoo would do us both good. Sure, Shannon, that sounds great. Thirty minutes into the workshop, Shannon looked at a text on her phone and walked out of the room. She looked worried, but motioned for me to stay. I quickly pulled my phone out of my purse to see the text from Kelly on our sister's text thread. Mom is now on oxygen, and hospice has ordered a hospital bed for her room. Call me, Kelly had texted. I hustled out of the meeting room and found Shannon on her phone in the hallway. Kelly was filling her in on Mom's decline. I heard Shannon's side of the conversation. Our mom had obviously taken a turn for the worse. What should we do? We were scheduled to fly back to Baton Rouge the next afternoon. It was July 1st, so changing a ticket to fly back would be impossible with 4th of July smack in the middle of the week. Let's finish the workshop and we can talk about it at lunch, Shannon said. We were both holding back tears, trying to concentrate on the workshop. Our minds were spinning. This sucked, I thought. We knew this could be a big possibility, since Mom had been getting weaker by the day. The day before we left, I went to see her, and as I walked out of the memory care, I thought, what if this is the last time I see my Mom? Maybe we shouldn't go. But after discussing our trip with Dad and our sisters, we decided we needed to go. We had made the commitment months ago, and the sorority girls needed two alums to attend the convention with them. It would be too late to try to get other alums to attend at the last minute. Plus, Shannon's daughter Caroline lives in D.C. and was having a wedding shower on Saturday night that we were planning to attend. My niece was excited that we would be there. Life was still happening as Mom's life was slipping away. Hospice had told us there was no telling how long it would be. Next week, next month. Mom could rally and pull through again you just don't know. As soon as the workshop was over, we went to our hotel room to change into shorts and tennis shoes and then walk the mile to the zoo. It was a beautiful summer day. Before we entered the zoo gates, I spotted a hot dog cart. Lunch! We sat on a park bench outside the zoo while I ate my hot dog, and for a brief moment, I felt like I was back in New York in Central Park soon we were navigating our way to the pandas the national zoo is huge but we consulted the map and followed a path to the panda sanctuary edging through the crowds we finally saw the pandas behind a glass wall unfortunately (laughs) the beautiful panda family was laid out sleeping it was disappointing and pretty uneventful but we did see the beautiful pandas I can scratch that off my bucket list, Shannon stated sadly. Her hopes of seeing the pandas frolicking together in their cage were dashed. I could see she was disappointed. As we walked up the path to the main entrance, her phone rang. It was Kelly on FaceTime. I think y'all need to change your tickets and come home ASAP. Mom may not make it through the night. We watched as my niece Mackenzie held up her baby trip for my mom to meet for the first time. My mother, the baby whisperer, just laid there and didn't respond to her precious great-grandson. It was shocking. Dad, Kelly, and Aaron were standing around her bed, and we were standing in the zoo in Washington, D.C. It was unreal. It was heartbreaking. "'Seriously, God? After this horrible journey with my mom suffering from Alzheimer's, is this how it's going to end? We won't even be there to tell her goodbye?' It felt like a nightmare. Shannon and I looked at each other, both holding back tears. We turned and walked briskly out of the zoo. Shannon checked the flights back to New Orleans on our phone as we power-walked back to the hotel.' There were seats available, but the change fees were ridiculously expensive. Back at the hotel, she called the airline and, through her tears, explained that we needed to change our tickets and get on the next flight as our mom was dying. The airline rep told her it would be $600 each to change the tickets. Isn't there anything you can do to help us? Shannon asked through tears. The rep placed her on hold for 10 minutes and then miraculously came back on the line to announce they would waive the fee if we could get to the airport for a 5.30 flight. Within an hour, we were packed, checked out of the hotel, and were waiting for Caroline to pick us up and drive us to the airport. How do you breathe knowing your mom is probably dying? The lump in my throat was strangling me but there was nothing to do but surrender and hope we would make it back in time to say goodbye. The flight home was the longest flight of my life. I prayed the entire time. Please, God, let us get back to Baton Rouge in time to tell our mom goodbye. Please don't let her die before we get there. Once we landed in New Orleans, we texted for an update as we waited for our luggage. Mom's oxygen level is dropping. Hurry, Kelly text. Shannon's husband, Rob, was waiting at the airport curb and threw our luggage in the back of the car and drove like a bat out of hell to Baton Rouge, with Shannon yelling at him to slow down the entire time. I continued to pray in the back seat for the hour drive to Baton Rouge. I looked up to see the sun going down, and the sky was turning a beautiful pink over Lake Pontchartrain. "'Look, Shannon!' Nanny is here to take mom to heaven. A beautiful pink sky had glowed the night my grandmother died years ago. Whenever we see a pink sky, we call it a Nanny sky. The pink sky was back, and we both knew that this pink sky was for mom, and we both started crying. Rob dropped us off at the front door, and we ran into the memory care. Up the stairs, punching in the security code at the memory door, through the automatic swinging doors, past the caregivers in the kitchen, past the nurses giving out meds to the residents, down the hall. It felt like I was running in slow motion and I would never arrive. I finally made it through the door into the room with Shannon following right behind. And our mother was still alive. It was a miracle. The room was packed. Dad, Jimmy, my three brother-in-laws, my nephew, my niece, and some of the memory care caretakers. It was loud. My sisters Erin and Kelly were crying hysterically. It was obviously they had been drinking as I saw empty wine bottles and wine glasses. There were platters of cheese and crackers and coffee and pastries, food and drinks from the all-day vigil of waiting for my mother to die. And in the center of the room... My beautiful mom was laying in a single hospital bed with her upper body elevated. She had oxygen tubes attached to her nose. She lay unresponsive. I'm not sure if she knew we were there. Her eyes were about halfway open and just staring ahead. Aaron and Kelly moved away so Shannon and I could sit on each side of the bed with her. Mom, it's Peggy. "'Mom, it's Shannon. We're here, Mom. We love you, Mom. Mom, we're here.' The caretakers were getting ready to leave. Their shift was over, and they knew it would be the last time they would see her. They were crying, too, and hovering over us. "'Bye, Sherry Berry. We love you,' they said tenderly, patting her hands and her shoulders. How lucky were we to have these amazing caretakers who loved our mother and took care of her in the best way. My sisters and I sat on the side of the single hospital bed, crying over Mom, telling her how much we loved her. It's okay to go, Mom. Go to the light. Go, Mom. It's okay. We'll take care of Dad, Mom. We love you, Mom. But she didn't want to go. She was holding on. I took out my cell phone and began pulling up all her favorite music, we played her favorite Barbra Streisand songs, Memory, The Way We Were, People, and then I found YouTube videos from The Sound of Music. We sang along to my favorite things, Edelweiss, and Climb Every Mountain. Dad sat in the armchair next to her bed and looked lost. Every now and then he would reach over and touch her hand and tell her he loved her. I'm so glad you are able to get back, he told us, At midnight, Jimmy and my brother-in-law's left. It was now just Dad, Shannon, Aaron, Kelly, and me. The immediate family. I think we should play some pretty soft piano music and turn out the lights. Let's get quiet. Maybe if we stop crying, Mom will be able to let go, I told them. I guess we're all spending the night, Shannon said. I'm not leaving, I stated. Me either, Aaron replied. "'It's a slumber party,' Kelly said sadly. "'I guess I'm staying, too,' Dad said. "'We were all exhausted. "'The crying had stopped. "'We had no more tears to shed. "'Shannon, Aaron, and Kelly climbed into Mom's double bed, "'which was pushed up against the wall "'to make room for her hospital bed. "'Dad sat in the chair, closing his eyes. "'I played a piano music station on her Alexa,' And turned out all the lights except the bathroom light then got into the hospital bed with my mom she was lying in the middle of the bed so there was only about six inches on each side of her i laid on my right side teetering on the edge of the bed with one leg on top of the other my top arm was draped over her chest and my fingers were on her neck so i could feel her take each breath her breathing was shallow But it wasn't the horrible death rattle I remember my grandmother having when she was dying. We haven't all slept in the same room since we used to go camping in the pop-up camper, Shannon said, and we all laughed, remembering the good old days. The beautiful, calming music settled us all down, and soon everyone was asleep. I could hear my dad snoring. I love you, Mom. It's okay to go now, I whispered in her ear. I didn't feel tired. I knew I wouldn't fall asleep. But I did. The next thing I knew, I was waking up as I fell out of the bed. It felt like a dream in slow motion. I landed on the floor with a thud. Aaron popped up in the bed and said, Are you okay? What happened? Shannon blurted out. I was on the floor trying to pull myself up in a stupor. My hip hurt. My arm hurt. Peggy, turn the light on, dad said. I finally pulled myself up onto my knees and tried to turn the lamp on, but it was dark. I was half asleep, and I couldn't seem to find the switch. I fumbled for a few moments, and then I finally turned the light on. Is she breathing, Aaron said, and we all stared at mom. Yes, she's still breathing, I said. We fell silent watching her And within seconds, we heard mom take her last breath. And then I said the dreaded words. I think she is gone. Our beloved mother had crossed over. She was out of pain. She was no longer suffering from Alzheimer's. She was whole again as she moved into the next realm. I know in my heart that her mother, her father, and brother were there to bring her to heaven. She was now our angel. The next hour was a blur. We stepped out of the room while the night shift caregivers came to get her ready to be taken to the funeral home. They put a clean nightgown on her with the pink robe, and they crossed her hands. She looked at peace. The wonderful executive director of the memory care facility showed up, even though it was now 2 o'clock in the morning. We took turns kissing Mom and told her we loved her, and then let Dad have some time alone with her. At 2.30 a.m., the hospice representative arrived and announced her time of death. We sat in the waiting room outside of Mom's room discussing the last minutes of her life. Thank God I fell off the bed waking us all up. It would have been awful to have a caretaker come in and wake us up telling us our mother had passed. It was all strange and beautiful in a weird way. We all believed that our grandmother's spirit, our mom, pushed me off that bed to wake us up. Wake up. You don't want to miss this moment, I could hear Nanny say. There was nothing else for us to do. We were drained of tears and exhausted. We all walked to the parking lot. Dad and I got in his van. We were going to drop Kelly off at her house, and Aaron and Shannon left in their cars. We all went home to get some sleep. I always imagined that on the day I lost my mom, I would be in the fetal position on the floor in the corner of my room, crying hysterically, unable to move, but that was not the case. We went home. I hugged Dad goodnight and told him I loved him, and we went to bed at 3.30 a.m. The phone started ringing the next morning at 8.30 Shannon wanted us to meet at the funeral home and then go to Mom's room at the memory care to move her stuff. I couldn't be frozen in my grief. I had to keep moving forward, grateful for the tasks at hand, grateful to not have to feel. I was numb, and I wanted to stay that way. The funeral home staff was wonderful and did everything in their power to make us comfortable with the very uncomfortable situation. My mother would be cremated, as she had requested. We would have a memorial mass in a couple of weeks, giving us time to plan and to get all the out-of-town grandchildren home. By the time we arrived back at Mom's room, most of her furniture had already been moved out by my brother-in-law's. I packed most of her clothes into plastic bags to drop off at Goodwill. Before we left the room, I grabbed her little red plastic solar bird we had bought at the Dollar Tree a few years ago and stuck it in my purse said goodbye to the staff, thanking them for the loving care of our mother, then dropped the keys to my mom's room at the front desk. Walking out of the memory care unit, which was my mom's home for just over five months, seemed so final, but I was grateful for the excellent care she received and I found some freedom in knowing that we wouldn't have to come here anymore to witness her cruel fate of Alzheimer's. Back home, I placed the little red bird on our kitchen windowsill, and soon the wings began flapping from the sunlight. There was something comforting about that little red bird. They say when you see a red bird, it is your loved one telling you that they are thinking of you. Mom, I will be thinking of you every time I look at this little red bird on the windowsill. Two days later, Dad and I visited Father Uter, who would say the Mass at the Cathedral downtown for Mom's Memorial Mass. He was our parish priest when we were growing up and had renewed my parents' vows for their 50th anniversary years ago. Mom loved him and would be very happy. Dad was pleased that he would say our Mass. We went to the Cathedral downtown and set up the Mass and rented out their parish hall for the reception. I planned to write a tribute for my Mom But I procrastinated for days before finally sitting down and writing it. It flowed freely, I felt Mom's presence guiding me, and in my heart I knew she would be proud of me and would love every word. On Friday, July 16th, we celebrated my mother's life. The church was packed with family and friends. The beautiful picture I took of my mother standing in front of the pink azaleas in her favorite pink jacket in the backyard, was blown up, framed, and set on an easel to the left of the altar. Our family friends Pierre and Agel Landash sang Ave Maria and a few of Mom's favorite songs. Two of my nephews and my niece told stories of their beloved grandmother who they called Mommy. They were sweet, funny, and touching. I followed them and I felt my mom's presence as I stepped up to the podium, I spoke about her love and her life. These are the last two paragraphs of my tribute. A month before Mom passed, I was visiting her, and when I was leaving, she looked at me and said, Don't forget how good you are. This would be the last wisdom I would receive from my mother, but I think this was a message for everyone who knew her. Mom was an amazing wife, mother, grandmother, aunt, cousin, mother-in-law and friend. But remember, you were amazing too as you opened your hearts and let her in. You let my mom teach you about life. You let her be your cheerleader. You let her teach you how to be a friend. So whenever you look up and see the sky turning pink, please know in your hearts, it is a sherry sky, and mom is once again reminding you, don't forget. How good you are. After the funeral, everyone walked next door to the parish hall. It was just like a wedding reception with flowers everywhere, food for days on a long table in the center of the room, and a huge dessert table on the side with coffee. A slideshow my sister Shannon made with hundreds of pictures of happier and healthier times played on a big screen along with Mom's favorite music. People were laughing, hugging, kissing, and sharing stories of Mom. It was joyous and exactly how my mom would have wanted it. Mom, this party is for you, I thought, looking around at all the people who adored my mother, the people who my mom loved so much. Peggy, I have to tell you, your mom was with you on the altar. My mother's dear friend, Miss Pat Delage, told me at the reception. I know, Miss Pat, I felt her too. Peggy, when you were given your mom's tribute, the sun was coming through the windows, and the back wall of the altar was filled with pink light. It was perfect, and it gave me chills, she exclaimed. I hugged her close. I didn't want to let her go. Thank you, Miss Pat. I needed to hear that. As we carried out the extra food and flowers to our cars, the church secretary told me, I've never seen anything quite like this for a funeral. Your mother was so loved. Yes, she was. Two days later, as the sun was going down, the sky turned a brilliant pink. I began to get texts from family and friends who saw it and took pictures. Dr. April, who was my mother's doctor and a family friend, posted her pink sky pictures on Facebook. It's a sherry sky. We will never look at a pink sky again without thinking of your mom. Thank you for listening and being on this journey of life in the A-Zone with me. This episode was hard to listen to, I'm sure, and it was very difficult for me to write. I needed to take a break during the holidays before writing it. Sharing my stories has been healing for me and for my family, everyone who knew my mother and everyone who has lost someone they love, but also for anyone going through the Alzheimer's journey. But it has also been life-affirming, too, reminding us to live each day to the fullest. Life can change in an instant, so embrace every minute, the good and the bad, and hug your loved ones tight. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me for Life in the A-Zone. Look for new episodes each Wednesday. Please share, subscribe, like, comment, and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To join my mailing list, go to lifeinthea-zone.com and check out my best-selling book, Meanwhile, Back at Café Dumont, Life Stories About Food, at Amazon and Barnes & Noble.